Father in heaven, thank you for your blessing. For your blessing we are here, for your blessing we are in the church, and for your blessing we are Christians today. Help us to defend the Bible and the teachings of the Lord Jesus, and be with us in this seminar, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, let me let me do an start, and I guess this is a good start in certain sense. I know several of you do not speak Spanish, but that was my original language, and it is. So if you feel an accent, it's not. Please don't go to the medical doctor to check with if you are. If you do have a problem, no, it's myself, so don't worry for that. And, um, but years ago, when I was in South America, I've been doing um, pastoral work, and doing pastoral work, I've been called to be an, an editor, and I've been working as an editor in South America for about 10, approximately 10 years. I've been in charge of the... Um, equivalency of the Sabbath School Quarterly, and I've been working with um, Ministry Magazine in Spanish. Um, ministry Magazine in those days were a kind of joint service between the Inter-American Division and the South American Division. And, uh, and of course, one of the areas in which I've been dealing during my, my ministry before going to the Buenos Aires Publishing House and working together with um, a Brazilian um, uh, Publishing House together with the Ministry Magazine is to provide to the pastors and to the lay people information regarding a variety of things. For example, doctrines, teaching, theology, and whatever, and also comparative religions. For, do maybe to my background, comparative religions was something that was very attractive for myself. Because um, it's going to help you to distinguish um, Baptist from Methodist, and Catholics, and Christian science, and so on. So, um, with that kind of background, and especially with a, a person that was a handicapped person in one church, I learned a lot of that handicapped gentleman. Because he was a living uh, testimony, a living witness of the Seventh-day Adventist faith wherever he went in those days. And he cannot be able to walk he was with a small cart, and he pushed the cart with his hands, and he went to the places and gave testimony to Mormons, Catholics, and, and I learned with him a lot. And I, and I think for myself, look, maybe in the future, I, I need to do something regarding this kind of, of ministry, because it's a kind of service. Many people, they don't know about how to be dealing with that. 
and how be reaching those who are Pentecostals, Catholics, and so on. So I began to think in, in, a, in a book that helped, and I wrote this. Sorry, it's in another language. <laughs> it is, it is not, I will say it's not in English yet, because I'm thinking, in putting it in English, in a future, because a friend of me, when I was in Colombia, and this is the first time in which, in which it was printed out, um, she's from Trinidad and Tobago, and she said, Daniel, this is not in English. I say, no. Well, you need to put it in the language of heaven. <laughs> that, uh, that was the first time I was in touch with a, a very big theological topic about uh, what language we are going to be speaking in heaven. And... Um, and of course, by the way, Trinidad and Tobago, they speak English, a British kind of English, but they speak English. And, um, and I, I say to uh, my dear friend, well, probably it's a challenge for the future, and, and I will try to do it. So I am still in thinking. But in this book, I am dealing with um, some critical issues regarding um, the topic of, of um, sects. Um, do you have in English another word for 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 sex? Yes, but um, sect. Yes, yeah, sect. Right. Sect, not sex. <laughs> you see where their mind is going? I I didn't I didn't I didn't went too far. <laughs> So I was, I was, I was arranging a lot of things like Catholicism, and I put it here because uh, there was a theologian from South America that that called um, 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 Catholics a sect. You know, the the word sect is coming from sector. It's, it's a portion of the society, and this author is catalogizing and identifying, labeling Catholicism like that. And they were the master call for Latin America. To, to them in Latin America, we are that. That's interesting. So um, in English, I guess, I have to use the word cults. It's a better word, I guess, for... Yes, I, I learned a lot. You know, I was in uh, Ann Arbor, and uh, one day we, we were promoting our church, Seventh-day Adventist Church, Spanish, and we put cultos en español. And the pastor approached to me and said, uh, you put that? Yes. That word, is, it's, what, what does it mean, he says, you know, just to approach to the topic, say, means um, means uh, worship. In Spanish, that is the meaning. There is no other word in Spanish when you are going to, to worship that call worship in Spanish, culto. 
But culto means it's very close to cults. And cults is sex. So sometimes in the intersection of linguistics tension, you need to be very precise. And that's a problem with myself, <laughs> Katrina, regarding sex. <laughs> so I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but you, you're right. And, uh, and remember something. He's from this moment on, my lawyer. <laughs> I represent you. By the way, for those who don't uh, know, he is a lawyer. And uh, quite interesting. So um, in this, what I am doing or we're doing in Spanish is to put something like um, a big picture, general picture, of, the, of some com comparisons between the views regarding the understanding of God, the divinity, the understanding of the doctrines, the understanding of the practices, and so on. And, uh, and that is the general topic of that. And when I finished the book, the first person I went to give the book was my father. Because my father, I was in a, I was in a tension in my home when I was a kid. But uh, they took me, um, being from Catholic background in South America, because Scarone is Italian. Please, Italian is the lado de la familia que me conecta con l'Italia. It's the side of the family that connect me with, uh, with the insult in, uh, in Europe. And when I was rear, uh, as a kid, I was an altar boy. <laughs> but my father moved into the Christian science. And for me, it was quite interesting. Um, and I was in one of the worships of them in South America when I heard the Lord's Prayer. That is from Mary Morse Baker Eddy in the book Christian Science. It's, and, and they pray, our father slash mother in heaven. <laughs> so the altar boy that was invited was, you know, what, what they are saying, and, and it's written. So when you go there, it's quite interesting. So that kind of environment took me to side by side to search into other religions. So I wrote this thinking in the, in the pastoral needs, especially for the mission of the church. And I wrote on Catholicism, um, Christian science, the um, universal church of God, that is moon, and moon has been, um, excuse me, uh, um, no, this is unification charge of God, that is moon. And moon was very well represented in my city, 
to the point in which they call, instead of Montevideo, Montevideo. Because the invasion of the Moonies were so big that changed the panorama that. And, um, and the Universal Church of God is Armstrong. And, um, and Armstrong, for me, it was an interesting um, point, and I wrote in this book something. Um, this book is from uh, 1995, so you see, it's just printed. <laughs> 22 years is incredible, you know. But it's in 1990. Go ahead. In 1990, in 1990, I mentioned that uh, if they were going to change the leadership. They were going to change doctrines and teaching, and in five years that happened with that church. So in Costa Rica, there were uh, somebody that called me prophet for that, but I am not a prophet, just an observer, and uh, and I I like to do a comparative analysis of the backgrounds of the uh, religious movement. In those days, when I wrote this, and I'm going to change it, my view regarding Islam was very, very innocent, almost angelica, I will say. Today, I don't have that any longer that view. And I am going to, to tell you from the beginning, because I don't want to... Um, to, to to lose your time for the rest of the week, that I am um, not very sympathetic with uh, Muslims, and um, and I am not seeing them as a true religion, and I am going to demonstrate during the week. Using the Bible, and using the spirit of prophecy, and, uh, and probably you are going to agree with several of the things. But from the, from the starting point, I am going to be very clear regarding these, these topics, okay? So let me, let me give you um, a, a point here, and uh, this is a test. It's not a very good one, but how much you know about Islam? You know little, something, much? What the, how much you know, how much you want to know. Because in a week, it's going to be short the time, but I'm going to give you probably the best information that I can do in this time, and I will try to, to do that kind of approach. But it's, it's important that you answer also the, the following question. Is Islam like any other religion, according to your view? It is? No, yes. Well, there are yeses and noes. We are going, we are going to see, and probably very soon, because here in the in the in the Sahih al Bukhari, in Sahih al Bukhari, Sahih means the true, the true, uh, the right al Bukhari, and al Bukhari is one of about six, seven hadiths, and learn that word, because hadiths is the equivalent of 
traditions in Islam, in the, in the Muslims, the Hadith. And sometimes you think that everything of the authority it rests upon the Quran. It's not. It's in the Quran plus the Hadith. The Hadith is like, um, what I will say, tradition in Catholicism, because it's the words, the teachings, expression, local encounters about the Prophet Muhammad, the casual conversations of Muhammad. All that is the Hadith. And Hadiths, it's a very, very big uh, catechism, if you can put a Catholic topic upon that, you know. Um, and it's very important to know about that. Do they believe in conversion and baptism? No. Not away the hadiths. The hadiths is coming from um, from verbal, oral uh, tradition that was communicated um, from one generation to the next, and that is the reason why. Uh, and this is from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and they put the Sahih al Bukhari. The Sahih means the correct. Because there are distortions, but when they put sahih, means that is, that is the truth one, the truthful one. There is not, you know, a distortion about the sahih. And, um, and uh, the, the other thing that I was commenting regarding that, do they believe in conversion and baptism? If you say no, well, they, they believe in conversion. The, com the concept of conversion we are going to, to, to explore is more close to submission. The idea of submission is kind of dominant behavior of a relationship of people. And that is the vision of them regarding all other religions either. So it's, it's important to take in account that, that and you are going to, to see in the presentation. Do they accept the Bible? Yes, but it's, a, it's interesting. It's interesting because when I was uh, exploring Mormonism, I began to a stress upon um, phenomenic, I will say, phenomenic kind of relationship in between the Mohammedans and the Mormons, the Muslims or Islam and the Mormons, and there are a lot of things in common. And I was surprised. And I was putting, and probably is going to be 30, the presentation, but when you, when you are going to check things, you are going to to see a lot of things. Both believe in a prophet. Both, both of them do have their own book. Book of Mormon, Quran, Muhammad, Joseph Smith. So you are going to, to see 
a, a, a lot of other visions. They do have a health diet and ministry. And the, the others they do have. Halal is the kosher. But all halal is kosher? Oh no. Oh no. Halal is not kosher. And that is, that is important. Um, the meaning of that, it's sometimes very, very important. And we are going to be dealing with that in the, in, during the week. Are they involved in ecumenism? Are they inviting other religions to unite themselves and they accept? Yeah, and that is true. Of course, the, 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 the only ecumenism that they accept is under Islam. Is my way or my way? Your head, Yeah. So, are they defenders of liberty of conscience? Well, let me tell you that there is a lot of incarceration of those who were believers of liberty of conscience in, in those countries. And that is, that is critical. So, oh, yes, of course. Uh, yes. Uh, think about Salman Rushdie. Salman Rushdie, Canadian, you know? Uh, he, um, you, you know, the satanic verses. He wrote that. And uh, every time that, if, if, if Salman Rushdie is going to, to, to go to the airplane with you, take another airplane. <laughs> because he is going to be with so big security that he's going to probably 10, 15 people more than himself. Because there was a fatwa. I'm going to explain the fatwa later. Uh, fatwa means if you kill him, uh, or Saudi Arabia or Iran is going to pay certain amount of money to you. Because uh, fatwa means that that man is required in hell, no in other place. And that is, you know, a, a religious call. That, that's incredible. That, do they believe in religious liberty? Well, it's, it's quite interesting. So we are going to be entertained in the week. What are common elements with them between Seventh-day Adventists and Muslims? Um, in a casual conversation, it is good that you know something. They do not eat pork. And um, when, when, you, when you see that, let me tell you that is not because they obey the Bible. Because just the Quran. And, uh, and they, do not, they do not eat pork. Um, Seventh-day Muslims believe in creation and reject evolution. That is another interesting point of contact. You know, sometimes we need to build bridges before we can enter into a topic with them. But here is an, another topic, and we are going to rate it close to the, theme, the end of the 
of the seminar. They do not drink alcohol. That, that is interesting also. Um, they do not worship idols. There is not an idolatric vision in the Quran. And uh, when, when we approach to this topic, and to this specific topic, it is interesting that they see us Christians as pagans, because we do believe in the Trinity, and they see that as polytheism, kind of. And uh, in the internet, you are going to find out a lot of places in which they are discussing about this topic. They do not play games. It's also interesting about that. And um, they believe in resurrection. And believe they are called um, to worship God. And they believe in a prophet. So there are some things in which we might be able to to touch base with each other. Um, and this is good because sometimes we don't know how to establish a good conversation, I will say in a plane or whatever. Here there are some elements. And there are topics in which you might be able to give testimony about your faith or so with them. You? Play game, does that mean gambling? Gambling. Yes, not soccer or... They, they, <laughs> um, recently, internationals, international news, there were there was some um, observance of certain traditions. I, I don't know how many of you, of you are familiar with soccer, like in South America. But there was um, um, a soccer match between Australia and the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And, uh, and the Australians, with an um, empathetic spirit with what happened in London, they made a minute of silence. So all the players of the team uh, joined arms together, and the players of the Saudi Arabia continued. A, was shocking for the world. But this is an eye-opening for the world about where they are at heart regarding this kind of situation. Yes? Do you want to ask questions and go along, or would you rather wait on the question? My question is, are you going to cover any of the history? Because I have heard various theories that uh, the Islam brought on because of Cain and Abel, or between Jacob and Esau. Are you going to cover any of the history? I'm going. Oh, good. I'm going, yes. I'm going to. Um, I, I, guess, I guess that this is important, certain sense, because, because from the missionary standpoint of view, I, I approach to the topic as a very conservative point of view in mission. You know, um, the people, and, and let me tell you something. If you have, we, we do have here in Michigan, I'm going to, to say uh, superficial things. I'm not going to enter into details, okay? And I'm going to explain that. Um, there are Muslims converted 
into the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to, to say where, in what city, or in what church, and what's the name, or, or give telephone number or something. So we are not going to give that information. Because this is a very interconnected community. Okay? In 2004, I wrote an article in Spanish. Um, the article was entitled Detrás del Velo del Islam. It was two years after September 11. Yeah? Three years almost. And I've been doing a presentation regarding that topic and the, 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 the title in English will be Behind the Veil of Islam. Okay? And in that, I mention my, my, my new view regarding Islam. Immediately, a center in California, LA, Los Angeles, called Pacific Press Publishing Association, and asked them about myself, who I was, what was my function, where do I live, what where I am doing, and so on. That is the kind of community with which you are interrelated with. So when, when people is coming into the church and they are baptizing a Seventh-day Adventist, please keep that topic down. Do not put that in the memo, Michigan memo, you know, <laughs> don't put it in the Lake Herald, don't put it in, in Adventist Review, don't put pictures, don't put names, because uh, this uh, recently happened something in one of our cities here. There was a Baptist of, um, of a Muslim um, person, and I am going to the generic, you know. I am neutral language in this moment. Um, and this person became a SDA. And uh, immediately the family began to receive pressure from several angles to, um, you know, to separate from, the, from, from that person and so on, to the point in which that person has to move into another state. And is in another state in this moment. We do have personal functions in the church that were former uh, Muslims. They are, they are people in function, in offices, in our church functions, that, yes, yes, in the leadership of, of the lay leaders, in the lay leaders of our church that are former Muslims. And, and it's important that you know that the message is going on with them. But we need to, we need to be very quiet and I'm going to discuss probably Thursday or Friday, I don't know yet, um, regarding what are the angles and the perspectives regarding uh, how we are going to be dealing with, with that. This, this is a book, by the way, Perspectives. If you have some, some money to expend, um, this is a very interesting book, Perspectives in Mission. This is a... Um, uh, 
It's, it's evangelical, but this is going to tell you how evangelicals and even ourselves and several other religious movements are going to be dealing with them because it's very, very complex. You are not going to start a church naked and say we are Seventh-day Adventist church in Egypt or in any other place unless you believe that you are going to be immediately in heaven because they are going to help you. This is not one, I'm probably I'm going to give the editor. It's, um, it's, a, um, it's a kind of religious contribution of missionologists working for several universities in, uh, across America, um, specialists in mission. Uh, they study how to reach other religious movements. And this is including Islam, Buddhism, that, by the way, is close to Islam in going to rejection of different versions or vision of religion, Buddhists. Um, they are very aggressive in, in defending them and, and, and in perspectives. I'm going to, to put bibliography, um, bibliography at the end, yes. From what I understand, there are actually millions of Seventh-day Adventists in Saudi Arabia and like Afghanistan, but we can't, you know, count them because they have to live publicly as Muslims. Uh, they can't come out and say, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist because they're killed. Because there are actually millions of them in Saudi Arabia. And it's growing. But publicly, they have to go to mosque and they have to you know, live the life as a Muslim. Otherwise, they would... Um, that, that is true. However, um, I am in a, in a kind of, of difference with, with that uh, tendency. Because um, at some point you need to tell who you are. Yeah, I understand that. And, uh, and I, I've, been, I've been in the seminars of that. But uh, let me tell you that um, at some point we need to be very clear regarding our identity as believers. And I am, I am not clear uh, because let me, let me share with you, uh, and, and this is just a fresh reaction to the, to the, to the topic. And I, I know that that I'm not discussing with you regarding that. I am discussing with, with that position. But um, we, we normally come here and we sit here in this, in this way. If we, if, of course. That, but that, that is the form of the worship. That, that is the form of the worship. There is no problem for me. If, if you go to Africa, the form of the worship is going to be different. The hymns are going to be different. I am the multi-ethnic director here, and when I enter in Umuhusa, Umuhusa means in, in Kirianguanda, that is the language of Rwanda, means unity or reconciliation, and you know, the African way of singing and participating is a bit different from, from, from us, but you need to adapt yourself to them, but the content, 
cannot change. The content. Because in certain sense, the content is the message. And you cannot change that. And in certain adaptations for surviving, um, my perception is that um, there is a tendency of sacrifice some content due to the forms and to be accepted of. And I am um, thinking that that is questionable. We have the same thing over here. A lot of people here believe the Sabbath, but they don't go to church due to family and social pressure. Well, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, can be that. Can you call them Seventh-day Adventists? No, they, they, well, they won't come out and be baptized. But, well, but they do believe it. You know, huh? now, I have a question on, uh, you were saying that the, most, uh, that the Muslims don't drink alcohol. Do they also drag their feet on smoking? Well, this, I didn't mention about smoking, but uh, because smoking is a little bit elastic regarding that. But the majority of them, I would say, the majority of imams that are the religious leaders uh, generally do not smoke. Generally. Okay, let me review with you some of the things that you were saying at the beginning. What we don't have in common with them is that we are dealing with a theocratic movement. Theocratic movement. What is that? Let me, let me share with you. You know, when, when, uh, when I was reading the Hadith and I was, I was checking the introduction, um, I, I, I come here in the, in the first paragraph says Islam is a heavenly system or regime for all the dwellers of the earth and it is a mighty treasure if only mankind realizes its authenticity and truth. I repeat, Islam is a heavenly system or regime. I, I'm, I'm going to put it in, in a moment. So that, that is the meaning of that. It's a theocracy. That means that for them, Allah is guiding the leaders of the nation. God. So it is all inside religion. Politics, government, everything is inside religion. That is a theocracy. It's not a democracy. So when you say or see names like Republic of this and that, that in, in the bottom line is a theocratic institution inside. So please take in account that, yeah. In the Old Testament, yes. Yes. So, uh, with elements, there are elements from Judaism and, and Christianity. In, in, uh, we are referred by the Quran. We are the people of the book. The Quran calls us, every one of us, uh, no, no matter what. There, there is no distinguish, they don't distinguish. Catholics, Pentecostals, 
um, you know, Seventh-day Adventists. No. All those who believe in the Bible are people of the book. Even Jewish. Okay? Yeah. Public regulations come from religion background. So if you are going to, to go to the city uh, in uh, Riyadh and you go public and you are visiting, you need to dress, ladies, you need to dress like the ladies there. And there is policy for that. The policy is going to tell you what you are going to use, or if, if not, you are going to jail, by the way. And they are not going to excitate in doing that. In the majority, um, can, uh, we'll look for um, a monopoly of power. Okay, let me clarify this. When they reach a place in which, in a society, they are in a condition of majority, they are going to press for the Sharia. What does it mean? That is the law of Islam as a regulation. And that is, that is very serious. I've been, if you want to dig in, if you want to dig in, I recommend you to, to read this book. I will, I will, I will put, I, I'm going to give you some bibliographic elements at the end, but uh, this book is, Bat Sheor is the author. It's in English. It's a, it's a translation. It's a translation from French. Uh, this, uh, this lady, this lady is a Jewish that was born in Egypt. And that is, uh, that book, it, it is very interesting. This is, this is the lady that used the term that I, I, I was, <laughs> you know, illuminated with. Eurabia. Eurabia. They say, they, they say, uh, she said, if Europe do not change, they are going to be Eurabia very soon. You understand the meaning? Even, even, even the Catholic churches are being under the, Mo the Muslims' power in this moment in Europe. And this, this lady is, is calling the attention about the decline of Eastern Christianity under Islam. No. No, no, no. The ABC for this is Amazon. Please. Please don't say to think Castagnon this. <laughs> the point is that when I was reading this, I, I, I was, I was uh, very surprised because, because that, is, that, is, that is the point in which um, New York Times recently, I, I guess I have, I, I have this here. 
Well, I didn't reach about that, but uh, okay. No, it's uh, here. Here is the New York Times. Is this the end of Christianity in the Middle East? What is what is what is, what is the point about that? This is this is on July twenty second on 2015 in the New York Times. And you are going to read about that um, because it's, it's a very, very challenging uh, article because something that you are going to grasp immediately when you read that kind of documentation is that once Islam established, everything that is under is going to disappear. That is That is... There is no other way. So think about that. Think, think about that. Think about what happened with, with the churches that the Apostle Paul established. They, they are not any longer there. They, are no, they, they do not exist any longer. Uh, uh, Christianity in the Middle East completely disappeared. And when you see the map of the churches, Christian churches, all those churches in the Middle East, they disappear. Think about that. Um, before Muhammad, all those areas were Jewish, Christians, the majority, with a lot of, I would say, tendencies inside, and Zoroastrianism, that, that were, in certain sense, a minority in the Middle East, but the majority were Christian and Jewish. Everything is gone. What happened? They made them disappear. Simple. Yes? If that is the case, <clears throat> why are we... Not speaking up and why are we just allowing them to come in and cowering, it seems like, before them because we don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever. Yeah, political correctness. I mean, there are numerous Adventists who who tell us, don't get excited. God loves them, just like, you know, and we should try to win them. But if we can't win them, why do we want to join them? Well, um, I'm not a politician. I am a pastor. However, with them, I, I will say that after thinking and thinking and thinking, it is quite interesting to observe what is the people that they do reject at the most. Think about who are the people that they hate. Choose. Choose. I do agree. The question is why? Because this is the only people that confronted them. In the same level. I, look, I'm, 
If you say this to Jay or the others, I'm going to be in trouble, you know. And, um, but the reality, the reality is that um, the only people that is surviving in the Middle East as a nation, they were those who confront them and protect themselves. And that is, that is the rationale for that because they couldn't go forward on that. Look, look, let me tell you something. For them, the first mosque in, in the first worship place in the world, where it is? It's Kaaba. It's Kaaba in Mecca. That is Saudi Arabia. Okay? I'm going to enter into that. In, in, but, but what is the second place? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And what they did, they entered, they conquered, they took it, the, 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 the place in which there was the temple, the Jewish temple, and they put the mosque upon that. And the only thing that was for the Jewish people, that was the, the wailing wall outside. That, that is the only thing. And that as an external wall of the former sanctuary. So this is telling you that when they enter into a place, they are going to try to dominate by power. There is no question about that. Yes. Uh, I think even both truly behind the whole Muslim movement behind the curtain. Well. Bergoglio, Jorge Bergoglio. Jorge Bergoglio is the name of the Pope, the actual Pope. The situation, the situation in this moment is very sensitive. And I am going to answer your question or your point of the questioning because I do have some concerns and my concerns are here. Um, they do have a history of suppression, genocide, and elimination of historical background. You look what, what happened when ISIS took power into certain places that were former Christians on other religions. They made them disappear. No archaeological sites any longer. Why? Because they were going to make disappear the background. Yes. I don't understand your point of view because what about the uh, the Catholic power during during all the Crusades? I mean, there was definitely conflict between them and the and Islam, uh, and uh, the Crusades uh, murdered many. Islam. But the Crusades uh, were called for after 400 years of Muslim aggression against Christianity. Pardon me? I couldn't hear you. The Crusades were a response to 400 years of Muslim aggression against Christian pilgrims in the Holy Land. People saying, oh, those big bad Christians, they slaughtered the Muslims. The Pope Urban called for the First Crusade after being begged for help from Eastern, you know, Eastern, um, the empire because they were being invaded by Muslims. And 
Christ and pilgrims were being slaughtered in their caravan by Muslims. The Christians begged for assistance from the Pope because of 400 years of Muslim aggression. It wasn't just because Christians went, well, we're going to go over there and we're going to attack the peace of Muslims. I'm going to enter into that in a, in a few moments, but, but don't worry, um, let me tell you something. I, I'm not um, a monopolist in positions, so I, I, don't, I am open to, to, to difference of view, let me tell you. But, but regarding my point of view, um, is this, I am concerned because they are expanding into the Western countries, and if if nothing happened, what is going to be with Europe, Western society, I mean North America, Central America, and South America, Australia, and, and others, are going to suffer with the same thing with the Middle East. Because the expansion is very clear. And you are going to see that in other places. Let me, let me share with you a couple of things. And, and I'm going to give you the, that as a background of this. They are penetrating Europe. So this, this author called Europe Eurabia because it's changing. And, uh, and the Pope is in, a, is in a very difficult position. Let me, let me share with you quickly regarding the Pope. The Pope is a Peronist. A Peronist. He is a follower or, or uh, with a vision of Juan Domingo Perón. He is an Argentinian and, and very socialist in, in, the, in the heart, you know. And, and look, look, let me, let me share with you this. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry for that. But I'm going, I'm going to tell what, where, where is my, my position. About 20 years ago, there was an explosion in Buenos Aires. There were two things that exploded. One was the embassy of Israel in Buenos Aires. And second was the building of the AMIA in Buenos Aires. Approximately in total, there were 100-something people died. In the second only, about 80. And I never, never, never... Never heard the Pope rejecting that. Never. Well, I, 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 I like that you agree something with me. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I've seen that the Pope is of a different power because I'm looking at it from the point of people that are running the world. Yeah, but, but Argentina, Argentina was in the government power aligning with certain tendencies in Latin America. I guess several of you are familiar with the word or the expression left wing. Okay, left wing. Left wing is changing in Latin America. It's not any longer communism. Communism is gone. But who is fighting again against imperialism of USA in Latin America? Who? Who? So, well, 
Socialism is in aligning with the those who are in confrontation. Why is the reason that Maduro in Venezuela put as a vice president a Muslim background guy, Al Hawigi, giving passports and and making them enter into Venezuela to enter in USA with or under a Venezuelan passport. I guess you I, I guess you understand and probably isn't the second point in which you do agree together. Yeah, but but in Argentina, in the country of Bergoglio, those who work with the labor unions, and you are familiar with that, labor unions, one of the leaders was with a picture like this, but this was a picture here, and, and he was taken from, from, from the right, the picture was in this side, but the picture, in the effect, is like this, and in the picture, who was the person that was not Bergoglio, was Ayatollah Khomeini. What is telling you? That union labors are in line, in togetherness with those who are fighting against USA. And that is the tendency going into Latin America. Believe me. Oh, good. Good, good. So this is, this is penetration in the Middle East, penetration in Europe, penetration in Latin America, and penetration in USA. Hey, look, I, when, when, I, when, I, when I visited my daughter years ago, she used to be living in, in Houston, so I took from Lansing, and uh, I took the 96, 75. When you cross 75, and you cross 80, 90, there is a very big mosque over there. No, not, not a little. There are not 50 guys going, you know, every Friday there. No. It's a big, big monster mosque. And when I reach Houston, you know, if you know Houston, you are going to be familiar with this word, Westheimer. It's like the Fourth Avenue in New York, you know, or Fifth Avenue in New York. If you, if you are in New York, no, do not visit Fifth Avenue, you know, it's downtown, okay? When you cross Westheimer, at the end of Westheimer, another big, big mosque. Go to Detroit, not far away from here, and when you reach Dearborn, near Detroit, there is a big mosque, more than that. 300,000 people over there. So this is challenging. So there is a very clear penetration in the society. So we need to know several things. We need to know how they were working outside us. We need to know how they were working in Europe. 
we need to know how they were working in the Middle East. Because, because they, they, they are knocking the doors. They are approaching. And we need to, to know how to deal with them and, and to know how to work in the best Christian way possible. Please, I'm not pro-violent. I'm not pro-violence. No, I'm not. But I'm not a stupid. And I try to defend myself in the case that something happened. But these people is a menace in general for Christianity. And that is, that is a truth. Yes. And there are smaller ones all around the place. Yes, so, yes, Canada, yeah. Not only here. Yeah, it's, it's in Canada too, yeah, yeah. yeah. All over the place. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Toledo, Ohio, 24. Oh, yes, it, 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 it is. Uh, I yeah. Concern, uh, we know in the future that we're going to be imprisoned, persecuted, even put to death because of our beliefs. Uh, and as we are trying to understand Islam more, I'm wondering if we end up on our USA intelligence list of people that uh, the, the government is going to be, uh, you know, checking into us more. Sometimes I think that ignorance is bliss is true. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, um, following this comment, everything changed when you are going to take a flight. Hey. 2011 changed everything. If you, if you are going to take a flight now, you are going to, to, to check everything, and this is due to what? Yes? Do you know why they picked the date September 11th? Why? September 11th wasn't just a random date that was pulled out of their hands. 911? Well, I mean, why they chose September 11th? I don't know. I don't know why. Reason, but I don't remember. No. September 11, 
overwhelmingly be in Europe now. And this is the case of refugees. And um, they couldn't with, the, with one way, and they are doing in this way. Here, this is something I already mentioned. Islam is a heavenly system or regime for all the dwellers of the earth, and it is a mighty treasure if only mankind realizes its authenticity and truth. Remember those words. Heavenly system means a theocracy. That's the point. Yeah. I just wanted to say, I, I'm watching a series of, of uh, movies uh, from about 50 movies into them, but it's on the whole. It's about the history of this one. Uh, to, uh, anyway, you're, you're dealing with basically a, a system of religion that believes in force, obviously. They're trying to force their views upon others. And we as Christians, I don't think we can look at, at that. We have to trust Christ in our lives. And we can't all bear up arms against Islam. I mean, that's not the Christian way. That's not Christ's way. And the idea that they're going to be taking over, I don't know that I mean, what can you do about it? And you can't bear arms and, and begin killing them if they come around your home. Can you, as Christians? That's the right thing to do. Well, this is, this is not a mission. This is not, I am not in favor of a crusade. But um, I guess that uh, there are several other options that we need to work with. And one is, no, no, one is religious liberty. And, and the way in which we work with them here, they need to work with, in, with us there. And, and that, is, that is very important. I don't know if that is going to function, but, but hey, while they are here enjoying our liberties and we cannot enjoy our liberties there. That is, that is a kind of international relationship that we need to be working for. And for me, religious liberty is expressing your point of view clear and openly. Because what we were trying to show today is history. And it's very clear that happened. And if we do not take any kind of um, position in the future, we might be at risk. And that is, that is my point of view regarding, regarding that. Let me, let me finish here today with something that is important. This is from Washington Post, February 25th. Uh, 2002, um, uh, says, then they file into their Islamic studies class where the textbooks tell them the day of judgment can't come until Jesus Christ returned the earth. By the way, we believe that. But look about that. Breaks the cross and converts everyone to Islam and until Muslims start attacking Jews. And I, and I guess this is a soft version for when it says attacking Jews. 
because it's probably a little bit more than, than that. Um, and, you know, this is public information um, because you can get that uh, in, in the Washington Post. But the truth is that Muslims, their schools, for example, are financed by the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Uh, until today, in fact, many such schools are not considered by Muslims to be um, truly Islamic because there is not yet a curriculum that teaches all subjects through the Islamic prism, nor is there an Americanized curriculum for Islamic studies, say Hamed el Ghazail, uh, head of the Muslims Americanist Society Council on Islamic Schools. And this is the point in which I, I need to, to give you a picture, final picture today, regarding the point of time of Islam. Islam do not appear in history before Judaism. It doesn't appear in history before Christianity. Appears uh, much later, six centuries after Christ. So here is the time of the Exodus, book of Daniel, Jesus, the Apostle Paul, and that is Muhammad. So you are going to find elements in the Muslim religions and in the Quran with elements coming from Judaism and from Christianity. In the Bible, you are going to, to check several elements that are very interesting. For example, um, name of books and chapters and, and verses. The Quran is almost the same structure. It's almost the same structure with one name that is going to change everything that is Shura. It's the name of the chapters. But um, there are verses and juras. And when you are going to find a precise position, you are going to check for the Shura and the verse. And it's there. It's there. And there are very interesting, um, interesting topics. There are connections with Jesus. There are connections with Moses. Moses is quote, Abraham is quote, prof prophets of the Old Testament. Almost all of them are quote in the Quran. The vision of Jesus is going to be a little bit different, but Jesus is quoted in the Quran. And Mary is mentioned in the Quran. And, um, and probably you are going to, to um, you know, to survey the Quran with certain kind of interest to see certain things. Tomorrow I'm going, I will try to give you a hint of the sources of the Quran. We are going to be in anal analyzing and viewing some kind of elements before entering into a kind of um, similarities and differences between the Quran and the Bible. And I'm going to mention and we are going to put verses side by side and, and situations and quotations. Yes. Yes. It is almost impossible, my dear and knowledgeable person, lady, uh, to, 
to be dealing with um, doctrines without the vision of the abrogation. Because that shura with the abrogation that she is referring is a key element um, in the interpretation of the things. Because the abrogation is one of the final shuras given to Gabriel, to Mohammed. And we are going to be speaking about that. That abrogates everything that is before. Something that you are not going to see in any other religious movement like that. Yes. But, but it's important that we know as a Christians about that. So let's have a word of prayer and we are going to, to finish today. And tomorrow at the same time we are going to be starting. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.